This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday's episode. I am very excited to share this one with you guys because it follows the topic of being the default parent pretty nicely, except we're talking about more than just childcare stuff. We're talking about the division of labor in the home. Many of you guys probably follow this guest on TikTok. She is that darn chat. Her real life name is Laura Danger. And obviously one of the first things I asked her was, is it danger or danger? And she confirmed that it's danger, which is pretty badass. That's like a superhero name, you know? If there was a superhero that their whole mission was to just make sure that the division of labor was equal within the home, like she could be that person. Laura Danger. Anyways, a lot of her content on TikTok revolves, as I said, around the division of labor, but she does talk about a lot of other really important things, and I love the way she delivers her messages. She has a lot of content around the book Fair Play by Eve Rodsky, which I have not, full disclosure, I have not read through the entire book, but I do have it and I do plan on reading it front to back eventually. I'm just really into novels right now. So we go over how she became interested in this topic in the first place. So she tells us her story about the division of labor in the home and kind of what her family dynamic was after having children. And I find that is always like a huge transition point where, you know, it's something that we don't really think about. And then you have kids and all of a sudden it is a huge focus or topic in the family. We talk about the invisible workload or what invisible labor is and why so many domestic or childcare tasks are invisible and not valued by society, something that I have been talking about a lot lately. And yeah, I gave her the example, like sometimes my husband, if I'm home with Milo all day and he's like, oh, so what'd you guys do all day? I'm like, I don't even know what to say because it's like one million minute little tasks. You know, it's not like oh, we built a deck in the backyard, you know? It's like, no, we didn't stop all day and we just did one million tiny things. We talk about equal rest and why the person working outside the home is not more deserving of rest than the person that stays home. And then she gets into how to even start a conversation with your partner if this is an issue in your house and you want to bring it up and why we should be valuing our time and domestic labor. So yeah, it's just another jam-packed episode. Oh, bubbles. Oh, yes. And then we talk about mediocre men, which she has a quote on TikTok that is mediocre men benefit from the abuses of shitty ones. And so we get into that quote, which I love. So please enjoy this episode with Laura Danger. I am talking with Laura. Is it Danger or Danger? It's Danger. 
Danger. Oh my God. That's the best. I was like, I meant to ask you that before I started recording, like, how do I pronounce it? But danger is like, that's kick ass. My husband, it's his name. I inherited it, but he always, whenever asked that, is always like, it's danger. It's French. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's just danger. Danger. To start, I thought you could tell us about yourself, about your family. And then I want to know how you got into TikTok and when that all started. I'm an educator. I've been teaching in various roles for at least 10 years. And I, I describe myself as a neighbor, a community advocate. I do a lot of organizing in Chicago. I facilitate a bunch of different things in the last year or so, mostly fair play workshops, which I'll tell you more oh. about. I have two kids, two and five. And yeah, I live in Chicago with my husband and love to just dabble in a lot of things. What was your transition into motherhood like? Was it what you expected? Did you find it difficult? What did that look like? Well, actually, so I have been following you for a while. I had a, I had a really hard time becoming a parent. And I really appreciate about your TikTok and the material that you do is like, no, I don't. I don't like playing with my kids. Yeah. I don't. So, yeah, I had, I had kind of a rough transition. And with my five-year-old, she was, we didn't find out until she was two that she had a cleft palate, which is so bizarre now thinking back. Like, that's, it's crazy that anyone missed it. But she was, because of that very high needs, had a really hard time gaining weight. And so my husband and I learned very early on, like, I couldn't do a lot of things because I was feeding this kid nonstop. Mm -hmm. And so it was really stressful on our relationship. And we really had to find ways to have our personal time. And But I, I definitely lost myself in motherhood when I first became a mom. I feel like that's such a common experience that maybe not a lot of people speak about. So... When did you get into TikTok? Was it the same as all of us, like when quarantine hit? Absolutely. Absolutely. I recently reposted my first video, and I want to hear about yours. I saw your TikTok that you posted. You're like, this is my first TikTok. And I was like, what was mine? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was just trying to figure out how the app worked. And I think I took a video that was already on my phone, and it was of Milo, like, bouncing his butt and, uh -huh. like, dancing. And then I put, like, a music over it that was something about, like, like shake your booty, booty, booty. Like, that's all it was. I love it. Did you use a filter or anything? No, I had no idea what I was doing. I love it. I got into it like dancing. Uh, my husband has changed his hours recently, but for years he would work like into the evening. So I'd put the kids to bed and then I was like all of us, totally isolated. And I was like, okay, great. I'm gonna learn the WAP dance. <laughs> and, but then I tried, I spent like 30 minutes learning how to do the WAP dance and was so bad at it that as you saw, my first video was like what it looks like to be a 33 year old mother in her basement, like trying to, it was foolish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's nice to, to look back on, on our first TikToks. When did you kind of move into the niche of speaking about mostly like fair play, 
and the division of domestic labor, did that just kind of happen naturally? Or were you like, I'm going to start just focusing on this content? It totally happened on accident. I actually spent most of my time on teacher TikTok. Mm. And I was very deep entrenched in that for a while. And if you look back at my earlier ones, it's mostly like really focused on education. What got me there was I was scrolling Facebook one day and a friend of a friend had posted a picture of her husband sitting in a chair and it was like a still on Instagram. And she's like, I'm so blessed. My husband gave me 30 minutes to go to the gym. Mm. And she's a mother of three. They had this new baby and he's, he's scowling and he's holding the baby in one hand and his phone in the other hand. And, and it's like the most miserable he's ever been. And she's so happy about this man. Mm -hmm. And I posted this thing and I was just like, if I see one more woman congratulating her husband for doing less than the bare minimum, I'm going to flip a table. Mm -hmm. And it was like my first multiple, like so many views. And so I like went on one of those stitch trains and I was just like, blah, I hate it. Yeah. It's such a good topic. And I think a lot of the time it's hard to get that message across to so many families because we're so used to, you know, the woman usually taking on so much at home, childcare, domestic labor. And so for you specifically to be interested in that topic, was it because you read Fair Play by Eve Rodsky or was it something that happened like in your family that you were like, wow, this is like a problem. I want to talk about this. Like, where did the interest come from? Probably both. I love that you asked me at the top, like my experience in motherhood, because it was so hard for for my husband and I to find that groove. And also, I feel like you talk about this a lot and, and it's what attracted me to your content in the beginning, which is like, there's this guilt around asking for what you need. And uh, what is that video? You just like snapped, uh, clapped back at somebody about like, yes, I have daycare. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have interests and I need fulfillment in my life outside of my, my role as a mother. And I had a really hard time telling myself that. My husband works incredibly long hours when my youngest was very small. He would travel like two weekends out of the month and he worked from nine until 10 p.m. So I was essentially alone with this baby and I was like, who am I? What am I interested in? I don't want anyone to touch me, talk to me. Like I was just so spent and didn't know how to ask for what I needed and didn't even know I deserved it. Yeah. So I like, I'm still talking myself into it every day, but I want to be that voice and be like, don't follow my path. Don't martyr yourself. You're so valuable. For me, like Milo's three and a half and like, he's been in daycare, you know, like except for the first year of his life and then quarantine stuff when daycares shut down, which was really honestly, when I went through quarantine, my husband's a physician. So he was still working his regular, like he, his life did not change much. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, I finished my schooling And then it was like quarantine, you're stuck at home. And I started to realize how stay-at-home parents must feel. And I started to have like all these epiphanies 
of like what was going on because now I was in that situation, not by choice, but because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that just happened to be the time when I started TikTok. And so I was talking about all these different things. And so many moms would comment like, I feel the exact same way. I've never been able to like put into words why I feel this way. And I'm like, yeah, I might not have been able to either if I wasn't put in that situation. Was your husband working from home during quarantine? No. And I feel like, like what you said, that so many people make comments, like I'm I'm having a hard time verbalizing this. And mm. I feel like, Something that I've come to realize, too, is that it's kind of embarrassing, like, especially as somebody who, like, I would I would categorize myself as a feminist. My husband would also call himself a feminist. And then we all of the sudden are facing all of these issues of, like, inequity. And there is such a, it's so taboo and, like, so off limits to be like, I don't enjoy this. I'm not enjoying myself. (laughs) Yeah. And to want more, you know, because we're, the message is drilled into us that like motherhood is the most, the most like best time of your life. Like nothing could be better. And so you're sitting here like, why do I not feel fulfilled and Uh miserable? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because I feel like I don't really touch on that topic often, like very periodically I'll mention it. And I feel like I frame it more like, hey, your work is valuable. Mm -hmm. Just the same thing you're saying, just slightly different words. Yeah. How do you deal with that pushback that you get? My dad is a super confident person. And I feel like I take after him with regard to, like, I'm going to do what makes me happy. I think that through doing that, you can see the benefit that it has on your child, on your Mm -hmm. relationship, on your relationship with friends because you are just like a fulfilled, happier person. And it's not like I am, you know, setting goals for myself, doing what I want, doing this podcast, creating content at the expense of my child. And I think that's where people get mixed messages. I think they assume that unless you are like that martyr Mm -hmm. and you are like 24 seven devoted to your child don't put them in daycare. Otherwise, why would you have them? You know, like they have (laughs) this mindset that if you're not that, then it must be at the expense of your child. But my child is thriving being in daycare, having a mom that gets to pick him up and is in like the best mood and has a ton of energy to like get through the rest of the evening and weekends. Like she has free and People can't look at it. I think it's hard to look at it in that way for some people because it is it is so different from what has been like pounded into our heads. And something I'm dealing with, and maybe I need your advice on, I recently stepped over into Instagram world. It's a real different vibe. Yes. And just in the last week, I feel like, I feel so grateful so many people have shared the reels that I've posted. And again, the vibe is totally different. And I got a lot of hate that I woke up with a lot of hate this morning of specifically, it was that video I did where it was this woman who was like, you know, when I walk out of the house versus when my husband walks out of the house and 
I've stitched a variety of similar things before, but this one, I was like, I was basically like, you need to be able to trust that your kids are going to be safe. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like your kids are going to be safe and fed and maybe go to bed on time, like something really needs to shift in your relationship or you need to think critically about why you don't feel safe leaving your kids at home. And boy, did I trigger a lot of people. What was the feedback? I mean, one of them was just like, maybe you should stop making judgments on other people's relationships and was like, I can go outside of the house anytime I want, but men and women are different. And so if I don't want to go outside of the house, then I won't. And I can do whatever. She was like talking herself in a circle. Mm -hmm. And usually when I get that, my response is just like, if you don't relate to the content, it's not about you. I think a lot of times... People need to actually listen to the message, take it in and be like, oh, because honestly, like our situation is great. And I get all the comments all the time. That's like, well, at least your husband makes dinner. Well, at least your husband does like changes diapers or at least your husband does that. And I'm like, okay, that's not the point. I think that we're in a pretty good situation. I think there's lots of room for improvement. And I watch your content and it makes me think. It makes mm-hmm. me think like, how could we do things better? How could we like sit down and have a conversation about like the division of labor and who's doing what and what our expectations are? And so I think it's the people that don't have an open mind and instantly get their backs up and are like, someone thinks the way that I'm living is not right. But if they actually looked inside and was like, am I happy with how things are going? Like, could there be Mm -hmm. improvements? I don't know. People get so defensive over anything, especially when it comes to their relationship and to parenting. Yeah. I mean, I just this morning, I was talking to my husband about, you know, he and I have these conversations constantly. And Mm -hmm. You know, the internet is wild because you only, you get curated content. Even I feel like with folks like you and I, who like part of the brand is vulnerability and like bringing things to the surface. I'm still bring, I'm still curating my content. And like, if my husband and I were dealing with an issue or something, I probably wouldn't talk about it out loud. I'm definitely never going to throw him under the bus. And So he and I have conversations about some of the content that I put out because sometimes it's like an issue that we've already worked through Mm -hmm. or it's something we're currently trying to hone in on. So yeah, like you said, somebody recently said, my content is like a make or break. If you have a a strong enough connection and the will to improve, it's thought provoking and can push you toward better communication. But if you're on the opposite side, like it's going to, it could be the break. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So true. So, okay. Maybe people are listening and they're like, okay, what is division of labor? Like what is that whole, like the fair play division of labor about? And what does it mean for partnerships? So fair play is, it's a system. It's a method designed by the author Eve Rodsky She has a background in organizational management, and she's Harvard-trained, very well-researched. And basically, it's a set of communication tools so that you and your partner can explicitly divide labor in your household 
my favorite part about it is kind of what happened in my partnership, which is a default. Mm. And for me, it was like, because I was better at certain things, because I had more practice with it, it was assumed that I would take the lead. Like I said, my husband was not at home as much. So he sort of tiptoed around the house and he's like, just tell me what you need done. Tell me how I can support you. And now two kids later, we're in a place in the pandemic where I'm finally feeling confident going on a trip. And this is my first time where I'm like, here are the dates I'm going to be gone. Do they fit with your schedule? Cool. I don't have to leave any instructions. He knows every, the doctors, he knows the teacher, like he knows the whole thing. I will not have to do, I have to set up no pins. I'm just going to walk out the door. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal of the system. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. 
I feel like I was so lucky because when Milo was so young, I had to leave town to go do PhD stuff in a different city. Mm -hmm. So like I, to this day, like I could pack a suitcase and leave and everything would be fine. I don't even think twice about it. And it's wild to think that that is not the norm, that both parents have the ability to take care of their child and know Mm -hmm. the schedule and know the routine, know what kinds of things they eat. And since day one, we have done everything together. Like the bath time routine, like to this day, we still do it together. Bath time, bedtime. And I know when people have multiple kids that can change, but at least with the first child, when you're doing everything together, like preparing dinners or you switch off, you take turns, bath time, Mm -hmm. bedtime, like all of that stuff that's important, getting the child ready in the morning, like getting them to school. When both are doing it, then both can do it on their own. What I love about the system is that at its core, it's about empowering active partnership. Exactly like you said, You know, I feel like a trap that I got into, especially with our youngest who demanded so much of me particularly, was, and this is, I will go to my grave saying this is not my fault, but society and the doctors that we dealt with, they told me that I needed to try harder, do more things, and provide for my kid. Like, maybe you just need to cut back your hours so that you can nurse more and all of these things that I really internalized. So I was reading all of the books and I was going to the doctor's appointments because I had to. Mm -hmm. And then I would get anxious around my husband or be like, you're not like, maybe you could do it this way. Maybe you could do it that way. And he started to lose his confidence and it became this cycle of like, we would lose trust in each other. And then I would hit a, an overwhelmed breaking point and I'd snap. And I'd be like, all I want is an hour to myself. And he'd be like, well, I don't know what to do because you didn't let me know how to be a parent. It was just like constantly tense. And with the second kid, we had learned so much. We found Fair Play in, she published it in October, 2019. I bought it November, 2019. And I read it first. I immediately started implementing some of the communication tools And as we've gone on, it's just changed our lives. So if someone's sitting at home and they're like, okay, there's an issue in our household, they are definitely the default person for childcare, like home labor in the home. How do they even bring up that conversation with their partner? And I know So many times the argument is that the other partner works outside of the home. They have a demanding job. And I hate when people say that because I'm like, my husband is a surgeon. Like he's on call (laughs) like so many days a week in and out of the hospital. And like, that is not an excuse. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I I had to go into the hospital at 11 p.m. last night. Like, and so sleeps in and doesn't help with the morning. Like, Uh Obviously, there's going to be times here and there where it's like drastic and he has to sleep or something. But for the most part, I hate when people use like, well, they work outside the home and I'm the one that's home. 
So how do they bring that up with their partners? And what do you say to that argument of they have a demanding job? It's obviously unique to every situation, but I feel like the message that I try to get across on my TikTok is that your time matters and that each of these tasks takes time and energy. If anything, you can start advocating for equal rest. Everybody deserves the autonomy to walk out the door, check in with Mm -hmm. your partner, make sure that everybody's okay, but you should have time in your life where you are completely unavailable to your work, your partner, and your kids. And I think that finding that space and advocating for that for yourself and your partner, especially I feel like my husband has a really hard time having time that's not productive to his work. Mm -hmm. If you can both find the value in leisure time, that's like the first step to changing the game because it's about what matters to you and your family. It's about finding value in yourself. And that can be empowering to start this conversation, which is, you say you do the laundry. Cool. Cool. What does the laundry mean to you? Does that mean you folded it and brought it upstairs? Because it's really nice. But that you also need to make sure everybody has a plan for their uniforms for the week. You need to make sure that we don't run out midweek of underwear, making sure that they don't grow out of something before the next wedding. You know, there are so many pieces of laundry. If you feel like you're doing laundry, why don't you hold the, th- the whole thing? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's like is- a great way to bring the invisible labor out into the open. Yes. OMG. Like we just had this big <laughs> discussion last night about house stuff, like organizing the house because we moved into this house like last November. I don't even know. Time is like not a thing for me. <laughs> But, like, there's still stuff everywhere. Like, the house is not functional. Like, we don't have proper furniture. But it bothers me, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily bother my husband. And so who's the one that is constantly spending a Saturday trying to organize the mudroom or, like, reorganize closets and get rid of old stuff and bring it to be donated? And, like, there's so much that goes into it. And it's hard when... They don't necessarily care about that. For example, my husband's great with the cars because he loves the cars and he cares about our cars, but he doesn't necessarily care about like the inside aesthetic of the house or like how it functions. How do people get on the same page when it comes to things like that? Like, yes, it's great that you do the stuff for the cars because I don't Uh care about cars. But like, can we both have interests in things that we need for the the family and the household to run? I'm curious, what could he do for you to get you on board with maintaining the cars? Oh my gosh. He could stop filling up my gas tank for me. <laughs> <laughs> so a consequence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. You tell me. How does that work? I think that that's like at the core of this, right? We aren't always going to align. Our values are not always going to align perfectly. In my opinion, it's totally fine that one person holds one card and the other person holds the other card. And I use that term because in the fair play, it's a deck of cards basically, and it's broken down into a hundred tasks. And so when you hold an entire card, you hold an entire task. So that's 
why I say card. But so it's totally fine. What I try to facilitate, like I, I do couples facilitation. I do these workshops with this is the why, the why conversation. And so if your husband could come to you and be like, I feel really confident when the leather seats look shiny, smells good. I I feel smooth and slick and like it just, my heart is full when I'm in that car and I look good and I'm like, it makes me come home and I want to see my wife. Like if he could go into it with you, that is getting you on board and being like, hell yeah, next time it's Father's Day, I'm going to get your car detailed. Like explaining your why. Like my husband's the same way. He doesn't care what our house looks like. He would have a graveyard of like old ratty clothing. He would never throw a piece of clothing away ever. (laughs) Yep. But I have explained to him that I feel anxious when the house is, is cluttered and I'm fine spending a Saturday doing that as long as I know that it's not going to be every Saturday. And as long as I feel like he can pick up the slack elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Because also, like, I want to put my headphones in and listen to a book and zone out and organize. That's fine with me. But I also want him to see why it matters. So we have a lot of conversations and they're not always calm. Sometimes it's me being like, this is overwhelming. We need to throw away all of the toys. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'm just like a chicken with his head cut off, like, ah, like organizing, <laughs> like running to the place to donate everything. It's, oh, yeah. Um, okay. Valuing your time and domestic labor. You had a TikTok that listed out the costs. Like if someone were single and had to hire someone to do what someone who is typically like a stay-at-home parent would do, like a chauffeur, like a personal chef, a house cleaner, like there was all kinds of things. And you listed out what it would cost per year to hire someone to do those things for you. And like my mind was blown. I showed it to my mom this past weekend because that's how I grew up. Like my mom did everything. She was for the most part a stay-at-home mom did everything. My dad worked usually out of the country for like months at a time when we were little. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I can see how then when my dad comes back home, it's very difficult to like share in the tasks because he's been gone for months. And so Mm -hmm. even today, like just watching my parents this past weekend, my mom's like getting his lunch ready. Like Uh my dad would just do without. She was like, if I didn't make your father lunch or like dinner, he would literally go in the fridge, eat a celery stick and then like (laughs) go outside and just say that he's fine. I'm like, oh my God. And that's what I was saying. I was like, I wonder if he looks at how I live with my husband and like all the things that my husband does. And think like that it's so different, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to how their dynamic was. But yeah, can we talk about the cost of domestic labor if it were actually being paid for? I have a couple of sort of complicated thoughts about this. So obviously having two incomes, two working adults, plus a domestic, plus a household, it's too much. Mm -hmm. It's. All of us are constantly underwater. All of those numbers that I that I pulled are, I was trying to be as realistic as possible. I picked like median, median salaries and everything. And just this morning I saw, it was like New York Times or something, 
did a very similar thing and they outlined it. They said a stay-at-home parent would make $184,000 a year if it was added up. And what I think is amazing is my mom always called herself a domestic engineer. And I love that. She was the same. My, My dad worked and that was his primary role was providing a paycheck and he worked very long hours and then would take like a couple of weeks off here and there, be home in chunks. And it was that same thing, hard to slip into a different role. But I think it's so interesting what you bring up, which is you hit these grooves and one one person is doing the job of a million different people and engineering a, a life and, and constantly it's a, I'm sure you deal with this too, which is like decision fatigue, mm-hmm. trying to figure out a hierarchy of your family's needs, anticipating their needs, all of this. And that doesn't stop ever. Kids wake up in the middle of the night, never stops, 24 hours a day. But then if one parent's primary role was to work outside of the house for pay, they get to retire one day. Yeah. And then it's that same thing, which is like the domestic engineer has taken on the role of caregiver and doesn't get to retire. Mm-hmm. And now the person that retired is another dependent on the person <laughs> that is the domestic engineer. Yes. And speaking as somebody who recently resigned from a career, it's really hard to let go of your role. And so that's not to say that a partnership where one person is a domestic engineer and the other is working outside of the home, it's not to say that they're unhappy because it can be a happy relationship. But for a lot of people, it builds resentment. So Mm -hmm. for me, I try to be nuanced about it, which is if it works for you, it works. That's fine. Your fare is not my fare. And that's okay. But it is something to be mindful of. I remember seeing a quote about resentment. I don't know where I saw it, but it was something about like resentment is not because you're resenting that you're doing the work, you're resentful because you're not getting the same amount of rest. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, yes, that is, yeah. makes sense. Well, and something I've, I've learned about myself through processing this and, and finding a balance in my life is I've always had a problem with boundaries. I didn't realize that the domestic labor in my household was like me having boundaries in my head, never setting them verbally and never communicating expectations and my needs. And so I was like, why is he not doing this thing? It's crossing my time boundary. But I would not say any of that out loud. And so I was just like resenting myself Mm -hmm. for, and then mad and being like, I got myself into this. So I'm doing a lot of personal work on my boundaries now. No, the expectations thing is huge. Not verbalizing your expectations. I honestly think, and I learned this in quarantine, I did not even realize that I had certain expectations until I literally sat down and I was like, oh, because you had these expectations that you did not even realize that you had, that Uh he was going to come home. And literally the day was just going to like turn around and be completely different. And your life was going to be amazing. You know, like you look forward 
to them coming home from work when you're at home with kids, especially in quarantine. And then they come home and I'm like, okay, but now I'm pissed. And it's like, why? And it's like, oh, because I had all these expectations that he's going to walk through the door. My life's going to be different. You made a video about that recently, right? Where you were like, it can be so frustrating to watch your partner ask for help or get help on things Mm -hmm. that you've been doing yourself all day. Mm -hmm. And I got tagged in that a bunch. And I think people wanted me to comment on like, if that's unfair or not. And I don't always, like, I don't always think every situation is about that. No, it's just about feelings. That's what I tried to say in that video is I do give him my help because I understand why he's asking. There's another adult Mm -hmm. there. You know, when he's home, I ask him too. But the point is I'm irritated because I'm thinking about all the times that I had to struggle through these situations by myself and it can be irritating. That goes back to that idea of, you know, pandemic parenting has been so awful because we've been expected to do all of these things in a vacuum and having a full-time job. For for a couple of months there, I had a full-time job and my kids home with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not humanly possible. I am dying. And then my husband got to have help at bedtime. Like, no, I was so mad. And like you said, it's not necessarily anger at him. It's like, this is too much. This is a valid feeling to have about parenthood. Our kids sometimes come to us. Like the default is not always your partner's fault. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a circumstance thing. And I, I work with a lot of couples who have this very similar situation. And, and the question I always ask myself and them is, how can you fill your own cup? Your feelings are a symptom of something. So how can you address that feeling? Mm-hmm. It's going to be different yeah. for you or for me. Like, like, what do you do in that circumstance? Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner... I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed.
This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Usually just verbalizing And that's why I always say like communication is huge. Like we will go through a big situation. Like I talked about when like the martyr thing where he was supposed to do bath time, but he came up, started organizing his closet. So I just automatically started doing bath time, which I did not have to. No, we Uh already made the plan that he was going to do it. I should have dropped Milo off in the closet with him and been like, goodbye, I'm going to have my shower. And I love talking about things like this because in the moment, it's so easy to like be the martyr and then be Mm -hmm. pissed off and be resentful. But when that situation happened and I, you know, had time to think about it, I was like, I explained everything to him. And I'm like, this is literally what was going on through my head, this entire, like, and I played out the situation Mm -hmm. and he was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I think even in those moments, where he's trying to get Milo ready to go play outside. And he's like, oh, can you grab his snow pants? Can you like go uh, find his mitts or whatever? And I'm like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I'm at the same time trying to like organize my office or do something. And he's asking me for help constantly. And I'm like, I do it by myself all the time. Yeah. And it's just verbalizing it and not attacking them or saying it in a negative way, but just being like, these are the feelings that I'm having. And so they can understand what you're thinking in these different situations. I love that. And I just finished, what's her name? Nedra Glover Tawab. Mm -hmm. She wrote Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And, you know, every great book, I always have like three life-changing things come out of it. And, And one of them to me was how I can set boundaries around my time in low stakes ways, like I have a hard time communicating to my husband who I love and who I want to love me back based on my own issues. I have a hard time saying no. So I have started, like I go to a store all the time. I I go to Home Depot and I walk around for 20 minutes trying to find something. And so now I walk straight in and I ask for where to go. Mm. And I like, even if it makes me uncomfortable to interrupt an employee, I'm like, my time is important. I can set a boundary around my needs and wants. And it's good practice for me verbalizing that and sitting with the discomfort of bothering, possibly bothering someone. Mm-hmm. Oh my so God, are you like Canadian? The... <laughs> no, just from the Midwest. 
<laughs> it's so funny. I was in the grocery store the other day, or no, it was in a home sense, which is like a home goods. Mm-hmm. And two employees were like moving a bench onto a shelf. And I'm like, I was kind of like in their way and I'm like, oh, sorry. And then this other girl that was in the store got in their way. She's like, oh my God, sorry. And then the employees are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, we're, And I'm like, oh my God, this is the most Canadian situation I've ever been in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about mediocre men and your unbelievable quote of mediocre men benefit from the abuses of shitty ones. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that means? Because I think when people actually sit and take that quote in, it is mind-blowing. I mean, to me, it just means that so many people, you said it earlier, open up a statement about a man by saying, at least he. Mm -hmm. And how many times in my life have I settled for less because the models that I've had in my life, the media that we consume the expectations on men or the, uh, like, you know, at least he doesn't, at least he doesn't hit her. At least he has a job. And it's like, even in the comment section of that video, it was a lot of people saying, yes, this is absolutely true. I now, I, I know what it's like to have an abusive husband. This is not an abusive husband or in private talking to girlfriends who are on their second or third husband and they're like, you know, I settled for a really bad guy for a long time. And when I found a man who didn't hurt me outright, I settled. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I mostly see it play out. But I am so interested to hear what you, like, how did that fit into your understanding? It blew my mind because it just made me think about for the most part, like people just settle and there Mm -hmm. are no expectations put on men. I'm just talking about like in the traditional sense who like work outside the home, you know, like there's no, I think it's changing now though. Mm -hmm. There's not expectations for them to like contribute to the household with regard to like domestic labor tasks or childcare or driving the kids around. And I think their rest is more valued just because Mm -hmm. they work outside of the home. Right. And I think, yeah, it's like the at least thing. Well, it's not terrible, so it must be good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like the thought of, you know, you could have like a very decent relationship in that you're not screaming, fighting, you get along, you're for the most part. And, but how much better can it be? And should it be? I feel this play out in so many different ways. And especially, you know, I said the word abuses, the abuses of the shitty ones, because it's that settling. Like I've seen a bunch of TikToks where Someone will be like, he's nice to me and he treats me well and I feel good around him, but something's off. And then it's like the cut to a realization. It's like, I don't like him. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be with someone who's nice to you. Mm-hmm. And and that's, isn't that like the nice guy trope where it's like, oh, well, I'm such a nice guy. She just wants bad guys. And it's like, 
No, she wants someone who engages with her, who sees her as a whole person, who like wants to participate in life together. It's like the settling, but it's also the literal abuses, which is like settling for someone who who doesn't outright hurt you. Yeah. And that's that really sucks. That yeah. sucks. It's so deeply ingrained. Like I had someone on not too long ago to talk about like the patriarchy in parenting. It makes me think of that. Like we're settling, but at the same time, obviously women are settling because they don't value themselves. They don't value their contribution to the household. They're because they're not making maybe like a salary, a consistent Mm -hmm. salary and actually bringing money in. And we have kind of glorified the person that works outside of the home and actually contributes money. That is miserable because it makes it seem like relationships are transactional. Mm -hmm. And I was, I'm, uh, my husband and I are reading The Will to Change by Bell Hooks right now. She talks about how the patriarchy tells men, you know, your value is tied to your productivity and productivity specifically in work or as a provider financially. And she just talks about how it's really hard when that's your outlook on the world and when the patriarchy exists in that framework, capitalist patriarchy, it's really hard to see yourself as valuable outside of what you can contribute. Mm-hmm. I'm not partnered to a job. I'm not partnered to a provider. If I became incapacitated, I would sure as hell hope that my husband would still be like, my wife is a badass, loudmouthed, like feisty as hell, community-oriented individual. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your husband would say the same about you, no matter your capacity to provide labor for him. Totally. One of the major themes was how the patriarchy is damaging to men as well for reasons like you just spoke about. To end, can you tell people where they can find you online and then also about your fair play workshops and things that you do for couples? I didn't know that you did that. So that's exciting. Yeah. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. And I just started a YouTube channel, but it's, you know. I know. I'm trying to, like, I want to be a YouTuber. And I'm like, it's so much work. Well, maybe we can talk. Maybe we can uh, team up. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's just that darn chat on all of those things. And then you can find me online at thatdarnchat.com. And I have super cute domestic labor is labor stickers on there. And I do at least once monthly fair play workshops, which are good for individuals or couples. And I am starting to offer more slots for consultation and accountability. So if you need an objective voice to sit down and sort of referee these tough conversations, I am here to help. Love it. Okay. And if you're curious about this topic and want to see some like really good video footage, then check out her TikTok and just scroll through the TikToks and you're going to be like, (laughs) Save this one. Save this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. It's yeah. I could talk to you forever. Thank you oh, for bringing yeah. me on. Of course. Wow.